PrepCon 2020, Marshall University's premier pop culture convention enters its sophomore year. March 14th, 2020. Come out and experience fandom, herb style, video games, comics, toys, cosplay, food vendors, and much more. At Marshall University, March 14th, 2020. Find us on Facebook or Google. PerpCon 2020 for more info. Nerds the Round Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. I'm Sammy. And it's back. It's time for the news. Back to the news. Yes. All right. And as it should be, and hopefully always will be, the MCU goes first. We got a new Black Widow trailer. Yes, we do. Dwayne, what are your thoughts, man? I'm going to tell you, this movie keeps looking better and better. I was kind of skeptical when they said they're going to do a Black Widow movie. Not anything against Scarlett Johansson as an actress or Marvel being able to come up with a storyline. I was just like, is there enough there? But the cast they're bringing in, it looks like the story they're bringing in just keeps on getting gooder and gooder. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my my first thought was, like, I thought she was dead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wait until she's dead to make a Black Widow movie, but that, well, and that could be confusing for a lot of moviegoers. It so really I'm, could. I'm to see how that affects. Yeah. Doesn't bother me at all. I'm a Star Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, me and Sammy are comic book readers, and so like maybe she just got better. I mean, dead people get better yeah, in comic books. Yeah. John, John Byrne took over took over the writing for the movie, so. Uh, <laughs> Now, my, um, I think my, my first thought was is that is, is like Taskmaster, this is mostly seen of him in the trailers so far, and he looks cool. I mean, because like, Taskmaster's power is he replicates other people's like abilities um, and skills. And so like when he throws his shield, if you, if you watch how he does it, he looks just like Captain America. It's the same way that Chris Evans throws his shield. Mm-hmm. And then he does the Black Widow flip back at her. So they, like, they're doing the full-on comic accurate taskmaster but i'm not sure about that mask yeah i think it's a little goofy looking yeah that i think that's my biggest thing that the the look of the mask is pulling me out but the fact like you said the way he's moving the way he uses his shield just that quick scene with him and and black widow you know kind of flipping back up there and it's almost like this mirror image Oh, yeah, I was totally on board right there as far as that goes. Okay, yeah. and the last thing I want to say here, and talking about the mask and the costumes and things, this is what I love about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They own it. They say, oh, yeah, it's a guy in a robot costume. <laughs> it's red and yellow. You know, <laughs> yeah. we've got another guy in a robot costume. We want to paint him up as an American flag. You know, they own it. <laughs> You know, not yeah. like you had, and, and I love the first couple X-Men movies, you know, but they tried to make them cool in like the leather, you know, yeah. military type suits. But, you know, well, this is, what would you expect? It, Yellow spandex? It's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Jamie, there's a trailer that you're excited about. 
dropped new. Yes. Yes, the international trailer dropped, and I don't know what the difference uh-huh. is, uh, what, how they differentiate what kind of trailer goes where. But, um, I, I mean, as a Bloodshot fan, as a Valiant fan specifically, but as a blood, I mean, my favorite corner of the Valiant universe is, is the Bloodshot corner. Um, the biggest thing they're doing in these trailers for people like me is we're comforted because this could go wrong. Like if you don't just decide like we're making bloodshot and we're not just going to make some right, like, you know, another run of the mill, just action movie. We're, we're actually doing bloodshot. We're doing the manites. We're doing the memory trick. We're doing the you know, rising spirit, all that jazz. It could be just run of the mill, but it looks like the things that make bloodshot distinct they're doing. And so I, I'm getting really excited by these trailers. And for people like me who have no idea about Bloodshot, you're seeing awesome action, really cool graphics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, the well, effects are amazing. Yeah. Like when, like when he gets shot in the face and his face is kind of going away and then it pulls back. Like, yeah. So, so yeah. I, was, I was afraid Sony wouldn't spend any money on, on this because it's, it's Valiant. It's not Marvel or DC. I was afraid it would get, you know, a, a small budget and it wouldn't look cool. Um, it looks great. <laughs> And then, of course, you've got Guy Pierce playing two top. So, I mean, that that's just going to work well, right? Yeah. I mean, Guy Pierce is a great bad guy. I mean, he mm-hmm. just, yeah. I mean, and the, um, I forget the, the lady's name. Was the, the girl that's there, who's on the team, she's from Baby Driver, isn't she? She was the, the, the lady with John Hamm in Baby Driver, right? Uh, yeah, Eliza Gonzalez, yes, I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It looks like she's got a bigger role based on the second trailer than I thought she was going to have based on the first trailer. And so that, that's pretty cool, too. You know, and, and especially, I think, with that, that idea of the implanted memories and the memory wipes and all this stuff, that's just 90s all over again, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that's Bloodshot Wolverine. That's every yeah. character in the 90s went through mind wipes. So. <laughs> well, see, with Bloodshot, though, I, and this is what I was afraid they wouldn't do. Because the bloodshot's not supposed to be wiping his memories. They're giving him false memories to motivate yes. him. Mm-hmm. And they're doing that. And they're telling us in the previews, like, yeah, this is the, this is the deal. That's a different kind of angle. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was afraid they wouldn't go through with it. They would, you know, you know, put him in, like, you know, the, the equivalent of the leather suits on the X-Men. They wouldn't. <laughs> they, they would be afraid, don't it? Speaking right. of a, a thing they're leaning into, Morbius. Yeah, so so going from bloodshot to bloodsucker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a much better segue. Um, they're not afraid of this at all. I mean, no. Even some of the goofier aspects of Morbius, they're trying to make cool. Yeah, and this, like you said, leaning into, they are really leaning hard into this. You know, we had a great uh, offering with Venom. And this looks like they're taking that to the very next level uh, of, of horror, intensity, darkness. Really um, excited that they're setting up the Sinister Six. You think that's what's going on? I, I believe so, because you're, I mean, you're seeing, and even in this trailer, you see Vulture. You see, you know, uh, Spider-Man for, for an instant. Lots of really cool stuff. I really believe we're gearing up for a Sinister Six uh you know, much like a Suicide Squad on the on the DC side, I think Marvel is using these other studios to go out of their wheelhouse, uh, out of what we consider just the Marvel Cinematic Universe formula, 
to bring us something interesting with these Sinister Six characters. Much like, you know, Fox is doing with Spider-Man. Yeah, but you know, if you think about it, Sony's almost Sony, doing yeah, Sony, Sony, that Sony. Marvel model. These smaller movies introducing these characters. Mm -hmm. Venom introducing Adrian Toomes Vulture. Now we're getting Morbius. Now, you know, some of these guys aren't traditional Sinister Six, but they could still bring it in and, and still make a version of the Sinister Six. So we've got a lot in here uh, that I think's going on. And, and of we course, already have Blade cast. Yeah, and, and for me, of course, we've also got Matt Smith in here. So I just wanted to say vampires are cool. So. <laughs> I just wish you had a bow tie on. Amen. <laughs> It's cool. Well, I've got, yeah, I got a question though. Is this an MCU movie? Because Michael Keaton was in a full-on MCU movie, and now he's yes. in Morbius. He's what in does Morbius. that mean? This is ride-sharing, gentlemen. This is <laughs> Disney and Sony doing some ride-sharing. This is cross-pollination. <laughs> well, I wonder though if the because they they just did that new contract, mm -hmm. and they got the. I wonder if there was some footnotes on the contract about these Sony movies having a closer connection to the MCU than they had before. Yeah. So I'm wondering yeah. if maybe we'll see other things come over. Like maybe Mysterio pops up. Ah, I would love to see Mysterio or, pop up in a good way. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just wondering, what, what does that mean? Because I think the language, too, on it is different now. Because now it says, in association with Marvel Studios. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's different language than the previous Sony Marvel movies. If I'm, unless I'm wrong. I could be wrong. But I think yeah, that's changed, I, too. I, I think it's changed because I think it was a big deal. I think a lot of people knew that it was just a big deal that they were kind of forcing Sony's hand with Spider-Man. Yeah. You so know, I'm, I'm wondering and, if... And now they seem to be working much more in a partnership. So I'm Okay, wondering, you like, guys take it, this side of the story. We'll take this side of the story, yeah. Well, see, I wonder if it's not the sides of the story. It's like, you all go play in, like, move Venom to San Francisco. We can pretend none of that stuff happens because we're going to put everything else we do in New York. Right. Or, you know, you can set, you know, Morbius in wherever it is, like Los Angeles and not be in New York. And so we, so we can, you know, with plausibility claim like, you know, these things are in the same universe. They're just not, not impacting each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just wondering if there's something in that new contract. I wonder what the changes are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that could be very, very interesting. So but it is interesting that they're making... Morbius a sympathetic character first. You know, yeah. almost just feel for Michael Morbius. So, all right. Which, I mean, and Leto looks like he's killing it. I mean, I know yeah. he can be kind of a diva. I mean, I've heard that. Like, that people don't always enjoy working with him. Um, but he looks like he's awesome as Morbius. I mean, yeah. He, I don't, he's owning that character. Yeah. All right. Well, a guy who's owned a character for decades now is... Patrick Stewart as Picard. And so one of us has seen the first episode of Picard. Sandy, give us a report card. Hmm. All right. So um, basically right off the bat, you know, I was really surprised with this series. There are numerous connections to Star Trek history, uh, obviously TNG stuff, but there's even a connection to the Star Trek comic miniseries Countdown which was the prelude to J.J. Abrams' 2099 Star Trek. So I'm really interested to see what they do with this. There is a bit in this story that comes out of that comic, and that was a prequel comic to 
the Kelvin universe, so to speak, that JJ did instead of our prime universe. So, um, but you've definitely got a lot in here. It, it's a building episode. It's it's that first kind of foundation. Uh, but just based on what I saw, I was really pleased. I'll be quite honest. Um, I'm in for this series, and I've jokingly told everybody I've talked to, if, if the coming soon teaser is any indication of what it's going to look like, then all I can say is make it so. <laughs> uh, well, we need, to be, we need to get beamed up to a uh, universe a long time ago and far, far away because Clone Wars season, season 7 released a trailer. Um, yes, and much to my dismay and chagrin in Statement's last news episode, this is the final season, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be uh, bringing out my sackcloth and ashes to mourn the the, the end of this series again. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we had, uh, you know, I, I, I do so look forward to having these, these characters resolved in, in a meaningful way, and... Uh, you know, um, oh, Dave Filoni is just a master at this animation and these storytellings of this Clone Wars era. I mean, I believe we've all fallen in love with that. And guys, this looks better than anything so far. I like the, the scope of it. This looks, I mean, truly, yeah. Massive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I am so ready for the ahsoka mall duel oh yeah oh yeah you know i've got a question though about darth maul okay despite the fact you know i know filoni you know worships at the idol of george lucas okay lucas obviously did not mean darth maul to be this big a character i mean he pretty much happened you know in phantom minutes so does Filoni recognize the waste of potential of the character? Is that why he keeps bringing him back for some, some for anything? He's been in everything Filoni's done. Yeah, and and you know he's even worked his way over into Solo. Yeah, and uh, you know a lot of these other little spinoffs here. Uh, you know Maul being a fan favorite, and we've seen in Star Wars no matter how much they deny it, the the tail has wagged the dog a time or two. You know, so you had, you know, lots of mentions of um, expanded universe characters in the pre uh, prequel trilogy. You had, um, I mean, episode nine, as much as I love it, is probably 70% fan service. You know, um, Let's fix this. Let's not fix that. Let's give Chewie the medal, you know. <laughs> uh, there's just a lot there. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, that character, like Boba Fett, you know, being such a fan favorite. Has, That's what has I was going to say, yeah. You know, is, is seeing uh, a lot of additional life, you know. Even, you know, though we're not seeing actual Boba Fett, we're seeing, you know, the Mandalorian. We're still seeing that really cool, awesome armor. We in really cool, awesome action. Well, 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 we probably need to move on, but I've got a quick question for you. So, in the original trilogy, yeah. Boba Fett was the little was the small character that stood out, and you know, because of popularity, got a bigger role. Mm -hmm. Okay, in the prequel trilogy, clearly it's Darth Maul that had yes. to be. So, in the sequel trilogy, is it going to be Babu Frick? It's going to be Babu. <laughs> oh, definitely, Babu Frick will be the next. I'm Babu Frick. <laughs> 
<laughs> but well, who do you think? Seriously, who do you think it will be in the sequel trilogy? Oh. I guess the Jabo. <laughs> uh, really, there's not been a great standout character. You know, Maz Kanata kind of fell flat. Yeah. And I think they were kind of putting a lot of bank in her. You know, and of course, you know. Poe, Finn, and Ray being our, our big three, you know, those guys are to, I think uh, the, the Knights of Ren, uh, you know, having a larger role in episode nine was part of, of a bit of fan service. And uh, I look to see a few more stories of, of the yeah. Knights of Ren and some history with them. What about maybe uh, Kayla and those other stormtroopers? Maybe that's enough tantalizing little detail there, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I, I really uh, think, I know we've discussed this uh, on our review episode, but I really think they're going to work them into a spin-off adventure, you know, whether it's a series or a series of movies. All right, guys. Well, I think it's time to pick up the pace. Time for and the Roundtable hit- Rewind. <laughs> right. So, once again, beginning where we should always begin, with the, with the MCU, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to... We're going to talk about some MCU TV stuff here. I see a trend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even put all these notes together. Uh, nope. <laughs> so, uh, Sammy, um, we had some bad bad news with the Disney Plus series. Um, yes. So, um, Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner, and possibly someone cast as Kate Bishop uh, in a Hawkeye series has been delayed in definitely is the language used in all reports I've seen. So it's at the bottom of the pile. Um, I've heard some rumors why, but I I haven't found anything solid. Okay. Well, I listened to a Marvel, um, what it's called, Marvel News Daily, I forget. But they talked about that and that the, the rumors about potentially bad behavior on Jimmy Renner's part is not actually the problem. Um, okay. The girl they've cast to play Kate Bishop is on another TV show. Oh, and okay. they're having scheduling problems. And mm. they're committed to her being Kate Bishop because they want her in movies down the road. And so they're just waiting on her. And they can't get her. They can't get the calendar worked out. And so oh, that's my. why it's indefinite. They're like, yeah, we, I think it's Haley Steinfeld, I think's her name. Oh, she's good. Like, yeah, that's like, she's Kate Bishop, and we're just going to wait until we, ha- as long as we have to, to make her be Kate Bishop. And so there's no, I, they don't have any idea when they're going to have her now. That's because they're looking at a young Avengers down the road, and they want yeah. her there. <laughs> yeah, from the Miss Marvel TV show, and then Kate Bishop from Hawkeye. They're putting yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. well, and from everything I've seen and heard from her, she's pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, apparently yeah. they're they're that committed to making sure she's Kate Bishop. Just however long it takes, they'll wait. Well, uh, it's, that's but, interesting. But in strange MCU news, <laughs> um, Modoc is getting a show. Yes. This is going to be interesting. Thankfully, it's animated. Uh, <laughs> I, I think a live action Modoc might scar some people. I so hope it's animated like Superhero Squad was. <laughs> <laughs> Modoc was great in that. Yeah, Modoc uh, being a flying face brain in a computer <laughs> CRT monitor. Okay, I mean, help me help me remember the same. It's mental organism designed only for killing. 
Yes. Is that what Modoc said? <laughs> that, that's one. Every once in a while, they'll play around with it and change it just for humor. But yes, uh, that's essentially, you know, back in Tales of Suspense, uh, back in the Silver Age, that's what he started out as. <laughs> Recently, he uh, redesigned himself to be Brodoc. <laughs> for the west coast avengers and it was like he, he looked like a surfer oh dude but his, it was just slightly too big oh it was like biological something organism designed only for kissing and he was trying to seduce kate bishop oh mercy <laughs> <laughs> anyway well, that's and Pat, strange it is strange but pat oswalt is doing the voice and i think that's going to make a lot of nerds around the world Oh, yeah. So I think that'll pull in a lot of people just knowing he's being Modoc. You know, the, the one thing I really love about what Disney Plus and Marvel are doing is we're getting a balance of animation and live action. And mm -hmm. I think that's important. I think that works out really well. And I think having Modoc animated, you know, probably financially works a lot better. <laughs> oh, and, mm -hmm. all, and even real, being able to realize that in a more traditional way. So, yeah. And also lots of experiments, though, because you can do things with animation that you really can't do in live action the same way. And you yeah, can get exactly. get crazy, you know. Uh, speaking of getting crazy, um, apparently Downey is interested in coming back to the MCU. Dwayne, what's your theory on why that is? Well, we see when he's left to his own devices, he makes something like Doolittle. <laughs> and apparently Which... Doolittle did little. 17% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. And about a nickel in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is a very expensive movie that made no money. So yes, he wants to come back to the MCU. With an expensive cast is the sad part. Yeah. I mean, you've got tons of voice actors in this movie. Apparently, so, but, yeah. they're going to, at minimum, lose $100 million on Doolittle. Wow. Man. Now, in terms of Downey and, and back as Tony, you know, he's already said he is doing some animation voice work for What If. So, you know, that was one of those series that's coming up on Disney Plus. But he's supposed to be doing some voice work for the uh, Tony Stark character there. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> you know what would be interesting if, if, if they could afford him somehow? Because I know he was making absurd amounts of money for the MCU movies by the end there. Like maybe like a Twilight Zone style Alfred Hitchcock presents thing, like with what if stories all around Tony Stark. Like what mm -hmm. if you know Tony's parents had lived, or you know, right? What if Tony hadn't sobered up, or you know, I mean, and just and let him be Tony Stark forever. Well, I just or say, I just, I'd say hiring for voice work and letting me be the new Jarvis. Well, that was kind of what I was going with. It. What if? Uh, his computer AI was able to reformula his yeah. personality kind of, and he just inhabits one of the Iron Man suits. Yeah. And he yeah. just have to do voice work. So no more, no more crunches. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, the last thing on our rewind is this one's a, I think this is a Sammy special. Cause I know I haven't watched any of this, but I don't think Dwayne has either. Nope. All right. So, CW crisis. Go. So if it's we start if we start with Marvel, then you know we're going to end the show with DC, <laughs> right? Uh, no. Uh, but um, 
so CW's been running Crisis on Infinite Earths. You know, the listeners have heard me talk about this uh, a few times as it was building toward it. Uh, we got our last two parts, and there have been so many great cameos and shots from Robert Wool from Batman 89 to just, you know, Tom Welling, Smallville back in it. But episode four had two of the best scenes that were cameos. Grant Gustin's Flash met Ezra Miller's Flash in the Speed Force. So the movie universe met the TV universe, and it was hilarious. The other one was Mark Wolfman, the original writer of Crisis on Infinite Earths, did a cameo. Took a picture with Flash Flash and Supergirl, which is really funny because in Crisis, he killed both of them. But... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so it, and once again, it establishes a new multiverse with a single Earth Prime, where all these heroes now reside on the same Earth, whereas before they were in different kind of time zones, Earth zones, whatever. So, well, I mean, I, like I said, I, I haven't seen it. Um, I think I watched like the first two seasons of Arrow and first season of Flash, and and then life happened. Um, but the thing I think that was maybe tell me told me this went, went well was it was positive it was like virtually every series that was connected to this either got ordered their had their first season ordered or got their next season ordered yeah and this is early they're not normally ordering next seasons at this point yeah and so uh, they, they've even already given the green light to no pun intended to uh the new canaries spinoff from green arrow so they've already given a green light to that where wow. this is arrow's last season so yeah well Oh, and like the new Superman and Lois. They already, like, yep. they didn't just order the pilot. Normally you order a pilot at this point. They've already ordered the entire first season. Yeah, it's went to uh, season at this point. They went ahead and announced they're, re- you know, renewing Batwoman. So, I mean, that, that, I mean, it just tells me this went pretty well. I mean, yeah. they're pleased with what they've got going on. So. Um, okay, yeah, I, 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 I was waiting for Snark or Joke. All right. <laughs> Um, well, I think it's time for my least favorite part of the show. Dad, what time is it? It's Ronnie time. It's Ronnie time. It's Ronnie time. It's Ronnie time. It's time to make a prediction. Baby, don't you whine. It's Ronnie time. It's Ronnie time. Time. And since we're finishing the show with DC, we're making it go last completely and totally. Every segment, and now for Trelawney time, we're gonna we're gonna predict Birds of Prey this week. But well, first off, Jamie, first off, Jamie, hold on here. I, you no, you no, do I, have no, a beating to take. We don't. No, we don't have to do. This. Now listen, you've we done can, you've done really well <laughs> the last little bit, so you can you can stand a little. Uh, we can just move right past this. Uh, bad boys for a lot. Um, was our last forecast. Uh, it was. As we know, we're huge fans of, of Bad Boys uh, from Hot Fuzz references. And, and <laughs> Jamie, 43% was what she said. Yeah. 43%. Sammy, 72%. Yeah, I, I was playing the uh, optimist here. Uh, and Dwayne, myself, was 66%. Well, Sammy, you were a little under-optimistic. 
Ooh. This thing is 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Wow. This movie is probably better than it has any right being. Yeah, so I've, numbers are correct. So that's yeah, really I'm, nice. I hadn't seen the number, but I had done a little bit of like listening to other podcasts where it's, where it's been discussed, and that's one of the lines they've everyone has said. It's better than it has any right to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, with, with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence playing Getting Old, I mean, how can it not be so much? Yeah, yeah how can it not be so much fun? But as we said, we do have some DC business to get to. As Sammy forecast yes. earlier in the rewind section, <laughs> trying to show pre misses there. Birds of Prey. Oh, and what's the subtitle? I'm not even. <laughs> and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. You know what? This is this is so random. But what, whenever I hear that say that that title said fully out, I just have flashes of that crazy Brad Pitt Jesse James movie that had like a whole paragraph for a title. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's, a, it's a random trick in my brain. I just start picturing, you know, Brad Pitt and cowboy outfits. But, well, no, uh, I hear that uh, addition to the title of Birds of Prey, I picture them saying, "Hey, nerd boys, Margot Robbie's in this movie." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, time to put some numbers on this thing, and I'm going to go substantially higher than last time. Um, okay. I went 43 on Bad Boys because I thought the critics were going to hate it. Um, that wasn't my feeling on how the movie was going, like what quality I thought it was going to have. I just thought it just looked like a critic stinker. Um, so I have no idea what number to give this one. So I'm going <laughs> to say like a 68. Uh, I'll probably be way off again because that's what I do. Okay, so Jamie, you're for kiss forecasting this at 68. Yeah. And what say you, my friend? Now, now, obviously, I'm looking forward to this movie, but I'm giving it a 63%. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get giddy, but I don't think critics will. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't have to be good to be enjoyed. That's right. We're not looking for high cinema, right, Scorsese? <laughs> Well, I'm going even lower than than either of you two dared. I'm going all the way down to 57. Ooh. 57 uh, is, is my forecast for this. So, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One, Harley Quinn. Translated to one of the in this movie, guys. So, I... I think that's part of the reason it's going to get a better grade. I think the presence of Margot Robbie will elevate this thing. I mean, and you and McGregor, too. She yeah. is truly an amazing actress. I mean, yeah. she, she, I've, I've not seen her in much, but I've never seen her in anything that she hasn't devoted all to. You know, and, and done at least a great job for her. So, guys, tune in next time to uh, our news episodes to hear our um, forecast coming to pass or failing miserably <laughs> we'll see which way i can fail next time <laughs> but in, but until my next failure i think we should all keep it nerdy 
Graphically Novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers Fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics.